Hello, and welcome to Your Story Matters podcast. My name is Michaela Elizabeth, and I'm very excited that you're here. I am an Enneagram coach, avid crafter, bookstore wanderer, tea lover, and cake enthusiast. My hope for this podcast is that we will experience the power of storytelling and understand that we are the main characters in our own stories in order to break free from the false narrative that's been playing in our minds. I'll share from my life and I'll chat with friends about theirs on a variety of topics like relationships, Negram, seasons of life, and more. Your story matters, my story matters, and I'll continue to tell both. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Your Story Matters podcast. As always, I'm your host, Michaela Elizabeth, and let's get right into it. So today it's going to be a little bit of an intro into our spring Enneagram series, which I am very excited to bring to you that it's going to be starting in April. The guests that I have talked with so far have been absolutely amazing, and I cannot wait to bring these conversations to you. Not all nine types are represented this time around, but rest assured, we'll get to all of them in due time. As there are nine types, it kind of takes a little bit of time, so we'll do a spring one. And maybe an early fall one as well, so we can uh, get all of them all of them in. It'll be so great. So if you've been with me from my not-so-long-ago Enneagram with Michaela days on Don't Worry, You're, All, You're Enough, you'll know I did a series of interviews there as well, in addition to having a few episodes about the Enneagram. It's kind of my launching pad for this adventure, if you will. Now, since I know you will not go back and listen to those episodes, I'm going to do a brief overview overview here to get us ready for our spring series. And honestly, I think it will be good for all of us. As personality assessments are on the rise over the last few decades, it seems with every passing year, there are more and more out there. So I will only focus on the most current for our cause. Each of these is wonderful in its own right, but every once in a while, one comes along that grabs your heart, puts you in stitches, and changes how you see everything. So obviously, I have a favorite. Okay, so personality. Why do we care? Don't worry. I've done the research for you, and all the links will be in the show notes. This isn't meant to be a lecture, but inevitably it will be, and it will fulfill my 10-year-old desire to be a teacher. I had a green chalkboard when I was growing up, and I was obsessed. My life was Little House on the Prairie, and I would do math problems on my chalkboard as they did on the show, and nothing made me happier. I had white color chalk and a little package of multicolor chalk, and now I have a chalkboard in my kitchen thanks to Hobby Lobby that uses chalk markers, so the dream lives on. My curiosity got the better of me in preparing for this episode, and I dived deep into the world of the web to find these answers for you. In an article published on NBCNews.com in 2018 called, Why Do We Need Personality Tests to Tell Us Who We Are? The internal quest, excuse me, hold on, the eternal request to unlock the mystery of who we are and be seen. Um, That article has this to say about why we care about personality. In spite of the relative sophistication of society today, people remain a mystery to themselves as well as others, and they are always curious to get a bit of insight as to what they're really like, says Pamela Rutledge, director of the Media Psychology Research Center and faculty at Felding Graduate University. 
She continues with people like confirmation of their qualities, particular strengths. In spite of the frivolity, I can never say that word, frivolity, we all have an existential craving to be validated and seen. Uh, this article goes on to say that these, this craving for self-analysis goes way back to the pre-Socrates in Greece. People have been eager to understand individual differences throughout history, says Rutledge. Early Greeks, such as Plato, explored approaches to psychometric measurements. Before temperaments have been a recurring taxonomy of individual differences. Hippocrates described how four bodily fluids, or humors, affected human personnel traits and behaviors. These were translated by Galen to four temperament categories, sanguine, choleric, melancholic, and phlegmatic. And I hope I said all those right. These four traits have been associated with the four basic elements, the four seasons, not the group, but the actual seasons of the year, and with various, uh, with links into various aspects of astrology. A 1990s study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology revealed three major motives behind self-evaluation. Number one, self-assessment, the pursuit of accurate self-knowledge. Number two, self-enhancement, the pursuit of favorable self-knowledge. And number three, self-verification, the pursuit of highly certain self-knowledge. The purpose of most psychometric tests was to facilitate understanding to aid in mental health treatment, job and education training, and placement and self-knowledge, explains Rutledge. There are two main types of personality tests, projective and objective. Projective tests assume personality is most unconscious and asks a subject to project meaning onto images or drawings that are interpreted by professionals based on validated standards and norms. An example of this type is Rosarch, and I'm probably not even saying that right. The second are objective and are scored based on self-report questions. The Myers-Briggs is one of these. And so here we go, breaking down the personality typing systems. We're going to go over the four big ones. So if you're a note taker, now is the time to take notes. And if you're not a note taker, go ahead and write these down anyway. <laughs> at least you're familiar with them if you haven't already taken them. And there's no expectation for us to be experts in this at all. It's just interesting to see the different types over the years, what the origins were, and how has it helped. And again, as I said earlier, these are all wonderful in their own right. Um, there are just some that speak louder to others based on what kind of season we're in and uh, how we're feeling about things. So here we go. Myers-Briggs. The Myers-Briggs type indicator, we'll refer to it as MBTI, is an assessment of personality based on questions about a person's preferences in four domains, focusing outward or inward, attending to sensory information or adding interpretation, deciding by logic or by situation, and making judgments or remaining open to information. The MBTI was initially developed in the 1940s by Catherine Cook Briggs and her daughter, Isabel Briggs Myers, 
loosely based on a personality typology created by psychoanalyst Carl Jung. When responses are scored, the assessment yields a psychological type summarized in four letters, each for one for each preference. So the E is for extroversion or introversion is the letter I. S is for sensing, N is for intuiting, T is for thinking, or F is for feeling, J for judging, and P for perceiving. The results combined into one of 16 possible type descriptions such as ENTJ or ISFP. While the MBTI is used by many organizations to select new personnel and has been taken millions of times, Personality psychologists and other scientists report that it has relatively little scientific validity. Psychologists who investigate personality typically rely on scientifically developed assessments of traits clustered into five, the big five, or six hexaco domains. So I'm sorry to burst one's bubble there if they were really just having all their uh, bets on Myers-Briggs. It is fascinating. I've taken it years and years ago, and I think it was, uh, I was a, what, an ENFP. And again, it's depending on the day. I'm either an E or an I. Um, yeah, I, I really am an introvert, everyone. I just need to settle the score there. I can be very happy in public situations, but for the most part, the public drains my heart and soul. And so I do need those times to be alone to recharge. But anyway... Moving on to DISC, which I'm sure that you are very familiar with, and I actually just took it earlier this year um, for a completely other thing not having to do with this episode, and also found it very interesting. So here we go. A DISC personality test is a type of personality exam that can help people better understand their personality style. The DISC factors includes dominance, influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness. These factors will help explain your behavior towards others and how why you do the things you do in your daily life. The DISC assessment is primarily used for fun or by companies looking to um, put together excellent team building exercises for their organizations. Many people confuse the DISC test, the DISC test for an intelligence test. Can you tell this is a one take here, people? This is not the case as the DISC personality assessment has no right or wrong answers. You can use the DISC assessment to change your workplace culture, understand where a mis miscommunication might be coming from, or understand whether someone would be a good fit for a position at your company or organization. So I would say that this one is good. It is very helpful. I mean, there are four categories. Um, Myers-Briggs has 16 various, and obviously the Enneagram has nine types. And so I love what was said in the first part is that these factors will help explain your behavior. And we'll get to the Enneagram about why Enneagram and DISC are different, but very good at the same time. So next is Strength Finders, which I'm sure you have heard of as well. I do not know my Strength Finders, but maybe one day I will. So the Strength, Strength, my goodness, the Strengths Finder Assessment is a personality development tool developed by Gallup Education, which provides an individual with their top five strengths. 34 different strength themes are divided into four domains of 
strategic thinking, relationship building, influencing, and executing. Your top five might include the achiever strength, which helps you burn the midnight oil to get things done. Woo to help you make connections with new people or adaptability to help you go with the flow when life throws you curveballs. And lastly, the Enneagram. The Enneagram is a system of personality typing that describes patterns and how people interpret the world and manage their emotions. The Enneagram describes nine personality types and maps each of these types on a nine-pointed diagram, which helps to illuminate how the types relate to one another. According to the Enneagram, each of the nine personality types is defined by a particular core belief about how the world works. This core belief drives your deepest emotions and fears, which fundamentally shapes a person's worldview and that perspective through which we see the world and the people around us. Our core beliefs are not necessarily incorrect, but they can be limiting and operate as quote-unquote blinders for people. Understanding our Enneagram type and how it colors our perceptions can help us to broaden our perspective and approach situations more effectively. Understanding each person's Enneagram type helps us to see why they behave the way they do. Each type has a set of core beliefs that they will consistently motivate them to take particular actions and guide them to make certain decisions. Behaviors that may seem confusing or contradictory can often be explained when we understand a person's Enneagram type. It also helps us understand how people react to stress. By describing how each Enneagram type adapts and responds to both stressful and supportive situations, the Enneagram shows opportunities for personal development and provides a foundation for the understanding of others. All of that to say, the Enneagram basically gives us the why behind what they do. I've explained to people before where, let's say that you're in a room with nine people that are representing the nine types on the Enneagram. All nine types can be doing the exact same behavior, and we all might think, oh, they belong in this group or they belong in that group if we're looking at it through the lens of DISC or Strength Finders or whatever. But what is unique to the Enneagram is that it focuses on the why behind the what. What is the motivation for all of these nine people who represent the nine types? Why why are they doing what they're doing? And so they're either responding out of their four core motivations, which is a core fear, desire, weakness, and longing. So we're going to do a brief overview of that. Still hope you're taking notes for this. So the core fear is essentially what we're running away from, the bad stuff that we do not want to be anywhere near. The core desire is what are we running to, kind of an opposite effect. The core weakness is the shortcoming of each type. I'm going to probably be the first person to tell you today that we're not perfect. Sorry, it's the truth. The core longing is the message that our heart longs to hear, that thing that just kind of grips us and doesn't let us go. And we're like, oh, that's so good and painful. And it's true. But sometimes we don't know how to admit it. So I'm going to briefly go over all nine types' core motivations. And this will kind of help us in this next little spring Enneagram series to hear different types talking And there are a couple repeats on types, but again, everyone's going to have a different perspective. Excuse me, even though they're coming from the same core motivations. And so we're going to start with my type, type four, because I'm in charge and I get to drive this bus here. And then we'll go around from four to uh, type three. 
Type four, the individualist. They are creative, authentic, expressive, deep, and moody. Their core fear is being inadequate, insignificant, defective, flawed, and plain. Their core desire is being unique and finding their true self. Their core weakness, which is envy, it's the feeling that something um, foundational, fundamental is missing inside of us and we're tragically flawed and that others possess qualities that we lack. And so comparison is the bane of our existence. And number four for type four is the core longing. Um, we are understood for being exactly who we are, one of a kind. Yes and amen. Type five is the observer. They are intelligent, insightful, detached, isolated, and independent. Their core fear, being thought of as ignorant or incapable, having their energy depleted, being ruined. Their core desire, being knowledgeable, capable, competent. Their core weakness is known as avarice, um, feeling that they lack inner resources and, are and that too much interaction with others will lead to catastrophic depletion. Their core longing is to be told that your needs are not a problem. Type six, the loyalist. Responsible, dependable, anxious, steady, and faithful. Their core fear, fearing fear itself, being without safety and security, feeling abandoned. Their core desire is having security and support. Their core weakness is anxiety, predicting worst case scenarios, being in a constant state of worry. And lastly, type six's core longing is to be told that you are safe and secure. All right, three down, six more to go. Here we are. Type seven, the enthusiast. They are positive, playful, adventurous, scattered, and versatile. Or versatile, however you choose to pronounce it. I might be wrong in saying versatile, but sometimes it, I don't know, accents on words <laughs> makes me feel fancy. So type seven's core fear, being bored, missing out on fun, trapped in painful emotions. Their core desire is being happy and content fully satisfied. Their core weakness is gluttony, feeling empty inside and turning to any and everything to fill that void, experiences, relationships, you name it, in hopes of feeling satisfied. And the type seven's core longing is to be told that you will be taken care of. Type eight, the boss or the challenger. They are confident, intense, assertive, confrontational, big-hearted. Their core fear, being vulnerable, weak, powerless, controlled, and left at the mercy of injustice. Their core desire is protecting themselves and their inner circle. Their core weakness is lust and excess, an intense desire for control and power, plowing themselves in life to get what they want. And the core longing, which type eights long to hear, is you will not be betrayed. Type nine, the peacemaker. They are easygoing, non-judgmental, thoughtful, reassuring, and resigned. Their core fear, being in conflict, feeling overlooked, losing connection with others. Their core desire, having inner stability, balance, and peace. Their core weakness is sloth, which is falling asleep to their passions, desires, and abilities, being in an unrealistic or idealistic world to keep peace. And the type nine's core longing is to be told that their presence matters. All right, six down, three more to go. Type one, the reformer. They are structured, ethical, perfectionists. They are organized, judgmental, and principled. Their core fear is being bad, wrong, inappropriate, or immoral. 
their core desire is being good, right, moral, accurate, having integrity, and balance. Their core weakness is known as resentment, repressing anger that leads to frustration and dissatisfaction with themselves, with others, and with the world. And what a type one longs to hear is that you are good. Type two, the helper. They are giving, generous, people-pleasing, loving, nurturing, and compassionate. Their core fear is being unwanted and unworthy of love. Their core desire is being loved, appreciated, and wanted. Their core weakness is known as pride, laying aside and ignoring their own needs and wants for the sake of others, offering helpful support in hopes that others will appreciate everything they do. And type two's core longing is they would love to be told that they are loved and wanted. And lastly, type three, the achiever. They are driven, image conscious, performative, and motivating. Their core fear is being exposed as failing to appear successful, being thought of as incompetent. Their core desire is being admired, successful, valuable, having a high status. Their core weakness is known as deceit. You believe you are only ever the image you present to others, putting on a performance for others to see and admire. In a type three's core longing, they long to be told you are loved and valued for being who you already are. So whether you're a personality typing system nut or not, all have stared off into the darkness of the night or a fixated point on the wall and ask the external question, why am I here? People of faith tend to have that initial question answered, but alas, it brings up more questions. Not that personality typing systems are for those of no faith, but for anybody, no matter what you believe or don't, these help us understand the psychology of our humanness. And yes, part of me wishes I studied psychology in college, but instead, I merely tapped my way into Shakespeare monologues, Broadway show tunes, and the art of learning rejection instead of studying old dead white guys. But I digress. I think personality typing systems are fun and helpful and a tool to help you navigate your own life. With all of our human challenges, it's nice to have some answers to help you answer the questions, what's my motivation for doing these things, or how am I most likely to react to stress, support, etc. There are some great interviews coming up with wonderful humans who have asked those questions, did the hard work, and are now living on the other side of transformation with the help of the Enneagram. And I hope you will tune in for those. I cannot wait. If you have any questions or are curious to learn more, please reach out. I'm more than happy to give you resources to help you get on your way. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk I apologize that there weren't snacks ready available, but I hope you were able to find something on your own because you are sufficient and wonderful. And until next time, remember, your story matters. Thank you for listening. It would mean the world if you would follow this podcast, rate it, and review it for others to see so they can begin their own journey and understanding that their story matters. Did you know I'm also an Enneagram coach? To learn more about how it can have a lasting impact on your story, head on over to my website, MichaelaElizabeth.com, or send me a message. I cannot wait to connect with you.